On this episode, we are talking with ultra runner Matt Burdett about a friendship that he has that is one of the coolest things you will ever see. You will hear you know, more about the background of Matt's athletic journey, more on him as a runner, and this is some of the amazing and heartbreaking experiences that he's been through as a runner. Uh, but something that I wanted to focus on today was his relationship with Kevin Dillage. Kevin has cerebral palsy, but this does not stop him from being inspirational and just an all-around amazing human being to any person that he comes in contact with. The reason why their friendship is related to this podcast is because Matt and Kevin actually do races together, such as the Boston Marathon and the Marine Corps Marathon and so much more, with Matt pushing Kevin throughout the entire race and over the finish line. And Matt will go on to tell you that uh, usually Kevin actually pushes him more uh, than Matt does Kevin. Uh, But for real, I cannot express to you enough how incredible this story is of how they met and how they continue to do races together. And it's all because of a choice to serve that Matt discusses later on in the episode. Uh, But for real, this story is inspiring. It's tear jerking at times. And I know you are going to absolutely love this today. Welcome back to the Comedian for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today we get to talk to Matt Burdett. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. Yeah. For those listening out there, uh, Burdett might sound a little familiar. Uh, I had Stephanie Burdett on, his wife, uh, a while back. This is almost a year, I think, ago. Uh, But you two are a powerhouse couple. Uh, I mean, you run hundreds of miles a year. I can't even, thousands of miles. How in the world do you both train as hard as you do? And how are you just the power couple that you are? I, you know, I, I think we're both fortunate, you know, you, you talk to Steph, I think a lot um, about some of the setbacks that she's had and, and, and knee surgeries and everything. And I think, you know, we're both just blessed to be incredibly motivated and, and, you know, we love competing and, uh, you know, I, I think, it's just something that we've always had kind of woven into our DNA. And, um, you know, we will we'll set a, you know, s- put a race on the calendar, start training, plan it out. And, you know, we're, we're very regimented. So we, uh, we're, we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like you have to be, if you, if you run that much, you have to plan and be able to just practice all the time and run all the time. And, but, you know, Matt, as we do, you know, unpack your life and what you've been doing through running for, for years now, I would love if you just start with, where does that passion come from and that love come for ultra running and just how, how has Christ called you to serve others through that? Yeah, it's, it's been a strange journey. So, um, I, I was telling somebody just a while back after Kevin and I finished the Marine Corps marathon 50 K, they, they asked how I got into running. And I, I told them, I said, you know, I'd always run to train for the other sports that I was playing, you know, in, in high school, I, I wrestled, I played soccer, I played baseball. Uh, I ran track my senior year to get in shape for soccer in college, but I never just focused on running. And it wasn't until my wife actually had a personal training client, um, you know, after we were married for a couple of years, who kept telling me about how she was running the San Diego Marathon. And at the time, I was just working out and lifting weights for two hours a day. Like just, you know, I would do like tricep day um, for two hours or chest day for two hours. It was just, you know, silly. And I remember, uh, her, her 
client telling me about this marathon, I was like, that's ridiculous. Why, <laughs> why would you want to run that far? You know, I, I, you couldn't even get me on the treadmill to do the 20 minute warm up. You know, I, I'd read, yeah. you know, men's health and it'd be like, warm up for however many minutes. I'm like, no, we're just, we're left in. So she, she got to a point where she, she said, you know, Matt, I figured you out. And the reason you think this is ridiculous is because you can't do it. Mm. And I was like, of course I can do it. You know, so I, I told her, I said, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to do it in under four hours and I'm going to be done with it. Uh, so I, I trained for my first marathon. It was incredibly tough. I don't think I, I had a training run over 16 miles. Uh, I struggled to finish. I think I finished in over, it was like four hours and six minutes. So I missed my mark. Um, but in the meantime, I'd actually started enjoying the training and I'd already signed up for my second marathon. Uh, so my, my second marathon, I ran a Baltimore marathon in the fall of that same year. I think it was 20, uh, 20, 2009. And I ran in three hours and 58 minutes. So I beat my four hours, but at that point I was hooked. I, uh, decided I was going to figure out how fast I could get. And then once I got to my, you know, what I thought was my peak time, it was how far can I go? And it became just a, a stress reliever, um, you know, from a, a miserable job that I had at the time and, um, you know, really blossomed into something that, uh, you know, the, you know, the relationship that, that Kevin and I have, that's been something that's really special. Yeah. And we're definitely going to talk about Kevin a lot because that's such an inspirational story. And what, first of all, what college did you play soccer at? I, I'm really curious about that. So I, I played one year at Elizabethtown College in, in Pennsylvania, uh, up in Lancaster County. So okay. pl played one year. Um, we, we were we were actually ranked six in the country my freshman year. Wow. So I did not see the field a lot. <laughs> um, and and I, I I think I decided after um, my freshman year that I was not going to go pro in soccer, and I probably needed to to focus on you know actually what I was going to do beyond uh, college and soccer life. So. Um, so moved on from there. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure like when you were, you know, training for, for all the sports that you played growing up, running was just like, oh my gosh, like, why are we doing this? This is pointless. You know, <laughs> that's how I felt for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, I think when you, tr when, when it is a method of training or, you know, in, in some sports, it's a punishment. I, I do think you, you look at it in a different light. Um, you know, for me, uh, you, you, you know, you, you would ask me, you know, how Christ had called me to, to, to serve others through running. And, and it was really the result of, of meeting my stuff or meeting Steph's uh, client, um, getting challenged and then realizing that this was something that was going to give me balance where two hours in the gym, you know, I, I wasn't leaving any more relaxed than I went in. Mm. And, um, you know, as I changed jobs a couple of times, you know, I was able to, to to kind of offset some of the stress with running, but ultimately ended up um, meeting someone at a job who had a connection athlete serving athletes, uh, which is the organization I met Kevin through. And, you know, that was really what what launched me into having the opportunity to um, work with ASA for a few years and then, you know, really develop a relationship with Kevin that uh, has been more of a friendship than, than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that takes me back to obviously how this all started What you were in the 2013 Boston marathon. And I, you know, you can share as much or as, as little as, as you want, but what was, what was going on through your mind during and after that, that hum, like monumental marathon and the bombing and everything like that? How, how was your, how was your emotions? How were your emotions? Yeah. You know, but Boston uh, was first of all, a place I never thought when I started running that I would end up. So, uh, I think anyone who ends up taking running seriously sets their, their 
eyes on Boston and it, it's, you know, something that you achieve and you, you know, you, you go up and a lot of people really try to run a really good race, but there's also a lot of folks that'll go up to run just to enjoy the race and soak it in. And I was still very much in the mindset that I belong here and I'm going to go run my best race. I, I, I think I decided I was going to run a, a sub three hour marathon that day. Uh, it, it didn't turn out that way. The the course was a little uh, more challenging than I thought, but I, I had a good day. I ran a, a three, th- three hours and eight minutes. Um, I, I think it was my time in Boston. And um, it, it was, it, you know, it, it was a, a perfect day. And, um, you know, I, before, well, before I got to the finish, probably around mile 20, I realized it wasn't going to hit sub three. Um, you know, so I, I, I dialed it back a little. And, and when I turned on the Boylston street, my, wife and my parents were waiting um we we'd actually picked out a starbucks like the day before we were walking down bolster street and it was like all right what what can i find when i'm running that uh i'll know you're there so we picked starbucks so uh as i came down boylston street I actually ran over and, and gave my you know gave my wife and my parents a hug uh and then went you know ran onto the finish line and, and met up with them uh just past the finish line i don't know maybe 100 yards or so we were able to stop and get some pictures and talk a little and um, you know, they eventually made their way around to the, uh, the runner reunite area. And, um, you know, I met up with a friend who, who had run the race. Uh, he had to get out of town for a flight. So it was like kind of chaotic when we finished, but we, we had decided that we wanted to walk back towards the finish line, um, you know, to, to just go in and check out some of the other festivities. And we were probably, I don't, I, I'd probably finished an hour and a half before everything happened, but we were like a block kind of a block up from the finish and around the corner. Um, and, and we heard, you know, both explosions. Uh, and there was a pause between the two. And when the second one happened, um, we happened to look down the street and, you know, the foil blankets that they give the finishers, um, we just saw like the sun hitting all these foil blankets. People were like running around the corner and then you could hear, you know, some screams. And, mm. you know, that that was when we obviously figured out that something was going on that wasn't good you know the first explosion we didn't really know what to think um because it was patriots day in boston and you know i I don't know if they they were celebrating something but the 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 most surreal part of the day was as things unfolded and we we finally got back to our hotel uh out in framingham near the start uh as we started watching the footage we noticed that the the second explosion occurred right in front of um, I can't remember which store it was, but it, it was like literally 80 feet. Uh, and I, I fixated on it enough that I actually like, I tried to measure it out because there, there was a shot from the video my wife had shot, uh, taken of me coming down Boylston Street uh, that they were standing about 80 feet from where the, the second explosion happened earlier in the day. Um, so so that, that kind of bothered me for a while. And, um, you know, it was one of those things that... Uh, you know, you go to Boston and you have this this idea of what it's going to be, uh, and, it, and it's supposed to be this celebration. And uh, you know, for me, I ended up leaving feeling more guilty for having finished and just feeling unfulfilled, um, and knowing that there were, you know, knowing that we were we were blessed, you know, that in, in the in that, you know, we we weren't impacted as as bad as some other folks were. Um, so so not not. Not the day that that obviously I wanted to have. Um, clearly, a, a better day than a, a lot of people had for other reasons, but um, it, it wasn't something to celebrate. There was no sense of fulfillment, uh, and frankly, I had no intention of ever going back. Mm. 
How do you think that has changed your life? Has that has that changed your life at all? You think? Um, you know, the 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 easy answer to be say that you know you don't take anything for granted. I, I don't I don't know that yeah. I've ever re- really taken a lot of things for granted. Um, but it, it made me value a lot of the relationships um, that I have with my family. You know, more uh, than probably I did at the time. I think. Um, I, I, I definitely left there feeling incredibly selfish, uh, which is something that took me a while to like get over because, you know, a lot of things go through your head um, when you kind of have an experience like that. And, and you, you wonder if it's really worth bringing your loved ones out to, to things like this. But, you know, ultimately, um, I, I think at least for me, it turned out to be something positive in the end and, and getting to um, go back and experience it. And enjoy it and celebrate it with uh, with somebody else. That that being Kevin, you know, back in uh, 2016. Yeah, yeah, and that that leads me to our next topic. Please tell me how did Team Kevin start? And you know, Kevin, uh, he's he's a celebrity. There's no doubt about it. And <laughs> you two as a pair running is awesome to see. How did that all start? So I, I should probably clarify. So a lot of people talk about Team Kevin. Team Kevin is not. Kevin DeLeggi and Matt Burdett. Team Kevin is Kevin and whoever he happens to be competing with on that given day. Mm. So, you know, Kevin Kevin and I met through ASA, uh, Athletes Serving Athletes. You know, Athletes Serving Athletes runs a lot of events. They typically push in, you know, groups of, you know, anywhere from two to five uh, and the runners will rotate off. They, they don't do any solo uh, running. Um, so, you know, Kevin does compete with a lot of people. Kevin and I met... Um, at ASA, um, you know, we, we were doing a training run in Baltimore city and it was the first day I was there. I really didn't know what to expect. And as we were waiting for all the athletes to show up, I remember people talking about Kevin and they're like, yeah, last time we were running, he kept, he kept calling out, you know, shirt colors. And it took us like a, a mile or two to figure out that, you know, he was calling out shirt colors because they were people who he, he wanted to pass. <laughs> so, um, so as soon as I heard that, I was like, I've got to rub with this guy. So, you know, with, with ASA, you know, you're, you're typically as fast as your slowest person. So, um, you know, depending on who you're trying to chase down for Kevin, you just, you you might not be able to get there. And, you know, so I remember, you know, Kevin and I ended up running the Charles street 12 miler. Um, it was the first race that we ran in, I think August of maybe 2011, I think is when it was. Um, I might be wrong on that date, but I, I remember we, we, we did the run, you know, Ke- Kevin was, was super engaged at the start. I think as the, the race wore on, um, you know, you could tell he was a little less engaged, but you know, we weren't, you know, able to pass people that, you know, he, he wanted to pass. And I remember, um, coming home and telling my wife, I said, you know, we, I had an absolute blast. I had a great time. I said, I feel like if Kevin and I could just run together, um, and it was a lot faster than, than I am now. I was like, I think he would have an absolute blast. So every every training run after that, I sawed him out. I tried to run with him. And it wasn't until, um, you know, we had run a little more together that I, I came up with this idea of, you know, trying to get him into the Boston Marathon. Um, and that's where, where we really got to know each other a lot better. We, we started training and running together and um, uh, the, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so awesome. It's really full circle. I mean, you know, you have obviously had that experience in 2013 and then having to bring him back. That is so cool and so cool to see. And, you know, how, 
first of all, how do you communicate with Kevin during the race? Because I've watched some of the videos. How are you even able to breathe? Like, like how are you even, I couldn't even talk, let alone breathe, let alone, you know, run as far as you're going to go. How do you manage to do that throughout the race? Well, that, that's a great observa- uh, observation. It is not easy. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a lot easier for Kevin. So if, yeah. if you ask my wife, she'll tell you I'm a talker uh, and, and I'm not really a good listener. I'm working on that, uh, but I'm definitely more of a talker. Um, but running with Kevin, I've actually, you're talking about how this impacted my life. I I think he he makes me a better listener because you have to be crafty. And I ask him a lot of questions because the more airspace Kevin fills, the less I have to fill talking. So (laughs) he, um, and and Kevin's a talker too. his family. Every time we go for a training run, we don't even get away from the car with the jogger and his mom's like, here he goes, you know, cause he'll, he'll be talking about what's happened in his uh, life during that week. Um, but, you know, our communication is just like anyone else. Um, you know, I, I typically try to um, to run on one side of the jogger, uh, usually so I can get an ear down that, to hear him. If, um, you know, if things are really chaotic during a race, it's hard to tell what he's saying sometimes. So um, I'll try to kind of get down close and listen to him. But um, th- there's not anything that's really special. You know, we, we, we definitely have um, a more balanced conversation if we're running on flat, if we're going uphill. Um, Kevin's usually listening for me. He, he's, he's super observant. If he gets a sense that I'm struggling, um, he'll ask how I'm doing, uh, which is comical sometimes, but Kevin, I'm fine. Like I told you we were walking. Uh, but, but you know, he, he's generally concerned. Um, you know, he'll, he'll ask me if I'm okay. I'll tell him I'm fine. And, uh, as soon as I do that, he'll jump into giving me some lines of encouragement or, or picking up wherever he left off in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, watching those videos, it's just awesome to see like you, you and him just communicating throughout the entire race. And he, he's so engaged and you're so engaged. And you're trying to not to, you know, pass out, which is hard. I'm sure <laughs> well, it, it, it's funny. He, he, he was so pumped in Boston and, and I don't, we, we actually took the GoPro um, and put it on the jogger in Boston. It was the first time we'd done it. And, you know, my perspective from where I am behind the jogger, I can't see a lot of what, what's going on. And, um, when I watched that video back at the very beginning of the race, when the crowd's starting to pump and we're, we're running down the first hill, I actually saw that he had raised his, his arms like all the way up. And I'd never seen that before, wow. uh, because he was so jazzed, but he was, he was on fire that day because he, he, you know, usually Kevin will say certain things to get the crowd pumped up. He'll, he'll say like, uh, you know, make some noise, you know, and, and I know what that, you know, I can understand that. And he kept saying something when we were running Boston. I was like, I do not understand what he's saying. And I actually finally stopped because I was worried that he needed something, you know, other than a drink. So I was like, Kevin, what are you saying? He just kind of had this smile on his face. And I was like, are you fine? He's like, I'm good. I'm like, okay. So we start running again. And I remember I kind of leaned in and he's like, let me hear it for my people. <laughs> I was like, you've never said that before. <laughs> so he, awesome. he was he he was having a day, so that's so cool. That is oh, that's so so funny. Oh man, how do you think? You know, talking about perspective, how do you think he that friendship has just changed your perspective on on your life? And you know, how having someone like Kevin in your life that you know obviously he has a disability, but he has such a positive attitude. He is one of the most positive people I've ever seen. How how has that changed yourself? You you nailed it. Um, w- without a doubt, I think Kevin is one of the most positive people I've ever met. Um, he's given me so much perspective. Um, you you know, we'll just be having conversation. Like you said, you know, we'll be out on a random Saturday doing a training run and, you know, I'll talk about how gorgeous the weather is. I'm like, man, it's a wonderful day, Kevin. And he's, he'll he'll always say it's a wonderful day to be alive. Mm. 
And, you know, I, I just, the, the, the fact that he is so incredibly positive, he's competitive, he, you know, he's a great listener. Um, he, he works hard. It, and it, it was interesting. Um, when we were training for Boston, I would send him little Facebook updates every day of, you know, the finish of my run or me pushing a, a weighted sled at work. Uh, and he would be at Kennedy Krieger Institute in Baltimore doing his physical therapy. And his parents actually sent me a video where he was on this like kind of walking treadmill and um, they had like a, a steps record and Kevin had like beat the all time steps record oh my goodness. for, uh, for Kennedy Krieger Institute. And then every time he went back, it was like, well, I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to <laughs> do more. So he's just got this incredible personality, um, you know, and drive for, for someone that, you know, if, if you didn't know any better, you, you would never, you, you would never think about it. Yeah. You know, thinking of your story, it really just reminds me of you know, how Jesus was and so inclusive in his life and throughout his ministry. How, why is it so important to advocate for inclusion for literally everyone through sport? Um, I, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned through competing. And, um, you know, I, I do think that everyone should have the opportunity. I think regardless of the barrier, uh, be it access to equipment, limited mobility, income levels, et cetera. I think everyone should have opportunity to compete and experience the joy of sports. Um, I think it's a great confidence builder. I think it it leads to an increase in quality for life. And um, it, it's funny, I, I got a car, I got a birthday card. My birthday was like, I don't know, two weeks ago. And uh, someone from our church sent me a birthday card and they had this uh, this little card in it. It was interesting it's from, uh, with a quote from Neil T. Anderson. It says, your greatest fulfillment in life will come when you discover your unique gifts and abilities and use them to edify others and glorify the Lord. Mm. And I was like, how, how perfect for, for that to, to show up, you know, literally two weeks after we, we ran that race. So, um, you know, I, I I've said it a, a, a lot of times to people, you know, they, they, they're always like, Oh, it's such a great job. You know, a great thing, what you do pushing Kevin. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't know who's pushing who, um, you, you know, we're, we're, we're both doing, it and I think, I think he does it more. And, you know, I truly think that, um, you know, it, it, when you achieve inclusivity for everyone in sports, everyone wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like he, he obviously is so competitive. He's so positive and he wants to be out there every single, every single time you run. And I think that is so inspirational for everyone who, who witnesses what y'all are doing. And the last thing I had, I, I uh, found a quote that pretty much sums it up. It's from actually Kevin's mom. Uh, it says, Kevin's run with so many other people, but nobody like Matt. As much as there's a difference physically, they just connect in such a way and they know each other so well. Matt, why do you think God has called you specifically to this relationship? I, you know, I, honestly, I, I think we both probably needed needed each other. Maybe more so, me needing Kevin. Um, mm. You know, like I said, Team Kevin is uh, anyone who's willing to run with him, and you know, I, I can't think of someone who wouldn't want to run with him. Yeah. Um, I think when I met Kevin, I you know, I was at a difficult point in my life. I was searching for you know, purpose. Um, I, you know, I didn't have a good, good, you know, work life and, um, you know, I met Kevin and it, it just gave me a totally different perspective. And, um, you know, like I said, generated a friendship that is, is stronger than, than most of the other ones in my life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so true. I, you know, I wish I could run with him, but I don't think I could keep up with him. I really don't like, he's going to push me till I pass out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it's funny. Uh, Kevin's mom, uh, 
was was talking about that with me the other day and she's like you know it, it's you know do you run with anyone else and i was like no you know I, I always struggle because you know you know it's always awkward you know your partner's either way slower than you or they're way faster than you it's, it's probably worse when they're faster than you i was like <laughs> Kevin and I are the same speed, you know, like and I said, in, in the races, you know, when we finish, he's technically slightly ahead of me the entire time. But, you know, like yeah. he, he's the he's the one guy who, uh, you know, we're together the entire time, regardless. Good, bad, good, bad or ugly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. Well, Matt, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. It was an awesome, awesome interview. And I just I, I am so inspired by what you and Kevin are doing and what you're doing through running. So thank you again. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Wow. Holy moly. What an awesome conversation today. Uh, For all you listening out there, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you just feel inspired as I do of of the friendship that Kevin and Matt have. But like always, please make sure to share this episode and subscribe to the show. Uh, It means more to us than you know. And you know, with Christmas right around the corner, don't be afraid to get some podcast merch. Make sure to definitely use discount code CFC20 at checkout with the link in the description. Uh, But with all of that aside, if you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you all next time.